This is R.J. Allen, and you're listening to Rough Drafts. This is the podcast where you can get a sneak peek at early versions of my novels before they're published. For more information, go to our website at rjallen.com. That's R-J-A-L-A-N.com. Season 1, Episode 16. The Seekers Series, Book 1, Fragments. Chapter 9, Part 1. Father Curtis missed his home and his flock, his adopted family. When would he ever see his parish again? People there needed him. People in crisis. How long would he be forced to abandon them? A heaviness of heart slowed his movements as much as it did his thoughts. He was no longer angry with Professor Rule. He didn't have the energy. The trap door banging closed caused him to jerk in fright. Then he pressed a hand to his chest. It was only Professor Rule hobbling down the ladder. You should have a stair built. If you fall down that ladder, it'll be the end of you. Ah, good morning, my boy. Rule stepped off the last rung and rubbed his hands together, dusting off debris. I'm glad to find you awake. I'd like to continue our discussion, if you have the time. What else do I have to do? Curtis indicated his surroundings. Have you made any progress in clearing my name? I need to get back to my people. Philip is working on that as we speak. Curtis brought a kettle of tea and two cups to the table. So, what do you want to discuss? Truth, my boy. Truth. What is truth? He poured the tea, its soothing scent rising on the steam. I'm beginning to wonder if such a thing exists. Wondering if the eternal even exists. Do you indeed? And what, pray tell, would make a man who so passionately defended the writings willing to abandon even the god of the writings, and so quickly? Don't act so surprised. You're the one who proved everything I've ever believed to be a lie. Curtis grimaced and scrubbed his mop of hair with a knuckle. I've been thinking and studying the writings to prove you wrong. You're not. I'm a fraud, and now I think I'm losing my mind. Hmm, perhaps. Or perhaps you're waking from a long dream, struggling to break from a fog of self-deception. It's disorienting, isn't it? Not the word I'd choose. It's my fault, you know. It was I who frightened you into conformity, into your safe life with the order. I thought I was doing it for your own good. 
both hands folded around the delicate teacup he'd not yet sipped from, the old man stared at nothing, his voice growing distant. But perhaps I was simply manipulating you out of selfishness. What are you talking about? Rule's eyes snapped back to the room. So the question is this, what is truth? How do you know it when you see it? Curtis scowled at his reflection as it rippled across his tea. I don't know anymore. And does the eternal exist? How would I know? He sure doesn't talk to me. How about good and evil? Surely you believe they exist. Once, I'd have said yes. Once. Once, I would have said they could be measured by an immovable standard. What a bunch of wasted years. He sipped his tea to calm himself. The liquid hot, the steam on his face restful tempting him to close his eyes and drift away with it. If any of those things exist, I don't know how to find them or how to prove it if I did. Yes, difficult that. Rule nudged his glass aside, braced his elbows on the table, and laced Venus fingers before his chin. How to prove the existence of something that can neither be seen nor touched. Yet, there are ways. You cannot see the wind, but you can see its effect as it bends the grass, can you not? Not the same thing. Curtis finished his glass. Wind is material. We're speaking of the immaterial. Rule's thin lips twitched. If there isn't such a thing as truth, then answer me this. Is it true that the sky is blue? Curtis shrugged. No way to know for sure. Oh, come now. You have eyes. Either it is or it isn't. A shadow moved in the corner. Seriously. Curtis spread his hands. I have no direct knowledge of the blueness of the sky. I have only my perceptions. My eyes are transducers, converting the light reflected from the sky into electrical impulses. Nerves carry these impulses to my brain, which interprets them as colors. My perception could be flawed, so I can't know anything with certainty. Professor Rule huffed out his breath. Let's try this again, shall we? If you were to jump off a cliff, would you fall? Of course. Curtis rolled his eyes. Then you accept the law of gravitation to be true, correct? A cat. The shadow was a cat. It crouched on haunches, 
nose dilated and lips slightly open as it sniffed, then prowled towards the fire. Its glossy black fur nearly invisible in the shadows. Well, yes, I, I guess so. No equivocation. Yes or no? Curtis puffed out his lips, considering. Mm, yes. Why? Because every time I drop something, it falls. Seeming to think the men occupied, the cat advanced and slinked beneath the bookshelves towards the fire. Ah, the experimental method. So you will accept something to be true if you experience it to be so without fail? Curtis squirmed hard in the hard wooden chair. The cat had the right idea. If this conversation were to be so long, perhaps they should migrate from the table to those nice fire-warmed rockers. Um, yes? Are you certain? Many might say this is your truth, but their individual truth may differ. They may not believe in gravity. Can both of your truths coexist in the universe and both remain factual? Well, no. Why? Of all the ridiculous. Because truth is exclusive by definition. There can't be contradictory truths. Something can't be both true and untrue. Either the law of gravitation is true or it isn't. So! Rule's blue eyes twinkled deep in their sockets. How would you prove your case to this fellow who does not believe in gravity? I'd tell him to jump off that cliff. Aha! He slapped the table. The startled cat darted away as Rule continued. We have just established it. You do indeed believe there is such a thing as truth. And you have even determined the method by which we might prove it. Great progress, no? Now, if we can only rescue creator God, good and evil from non-existence, our work here will be done.
You are, however, correct in saying the lack of an objective standard is a problem. Where to find such a yardstick by which to measure all other things? One that is accurate and true. The cat edged their way again, peeping towards the peeping toward the teacup. Surely the critter didn't think it could get a sip. I have a proposal. Rule sank back, putting his rocker into motion. Imagine, if you would, a being who is omniscient, knowing all things, and omnipresent, all-powerful, and all-wise. Also imagine such a... Also imagine such a being is perfectly loving and perfectly just. This being is infinitely perfect in all these things and more, so much more than we could ever imagine in our limited minds. The cat paused, crouched, and eyed rule, judging whether the old man would interrupt his discorp. Judging whether the old man would interrupt his discourse to rescue his teacup, or enwrapped with a scenario he, or, or enwrapped with a scenario he presented. Rule cleared his throat, his tone hypnotic. Not only does he have perfect knowledge of what is best for you and for everyone on the planet, but he also loves you so much he wants that very best thing for you. In addition, he has a perfect knowledge of the nature of good and evil and understanding beyond our kin. Would you accept that being's ruling about what is good? And what is evil? The cat remained entranced, firelight glowing, reflecting from it, from lep, reflecting from within his eyes. Nice theory. Too bad that's all it can be. Curtis reached for the teacup and tipped it slightly to spill a drop for the critter, his fellow cellmate, to drink. Why? Rule nudged him. Surely not asking why Curtis fed the cat. Curtis left. Curtis let out a long-suffering sigh. They had been over this. Unless I missed it, no such being has descended from the clouds to show us the way. If such a being exists, I don't know it, and I can't prove it. Even if it did exist, how can I know what it thinks about anything? Watson, Watson, he'd named the cat Watson, his fellow companion, his fellow companion and sleuth. Eh? Are you certain one has not? Scratch that. Please answer my previous question. Would you accept the standard of good and evil such a perfect being provided to you? How could I not? How could I argue? I don't have the understanding he does. Ah, very good. Given the existence of Creator God as a prerequisite, we now have a fr- we now have a framework that allows we now have a framework that allows for the existence of and for the definition of good and evil. 
Now we only have now we only have to prove the existence of creator God and the trifecta of impossible questions will have been resolved. Good luck with that last one. The cat edged forward. Curtis inwardly cheered Watson on. Professor Rule tapped a finger to the side of his lips. If Creator God exists, and I contend that he does, I need only turn your attention to him. Truth is self-existent and self-evident. It is not of any effort on my part. He leaned back in his chair, hands steepled before his mouth, blue eyes intent above them. Blue eyes intent above them. Tell me, my boy, what does your heart tell you in truth? Is there more to life than this short mortal span here in this material world? Is there more to existence? Something beyond which our something beyond which our world-bound eyes can something beyond which our world-bound eyes can see. When you die, is that the end? Is your consciousness simply a side effect of base physical processes to be snuffed forever out when your body breathes its last? <coughs> to be snuffed forever out when your body breathes its last? Curtis shifted in his chair, hand in his, Curtis shifted in, Curtis shifted in his chair, hand to chin, his eyes turning inward. What did he believe? My mind resists the idea that whatever I am, my spirit or my soul or whatever you want to call it, would cease to exist when I die. That might be wishful thinking, though. How can I know one way or another? I believe what you are feeling is not wishful thinking, but the fingerprint of Creator God. When He created you, He put eternity in your heart. Rule, rule, rule rocked forward. Rule rocked forward and intensely persuasive, gently tapped his own chest. That is what you are feeling. You say that's what I'm feeling. Again, where is your proof? Rule rolled his, Rule rolled his eyes inside, settling back into his cushions, watching Watson as if looking to him for answers. Seeming to have gained inspiration, whether from the cat or no, he looked back to Curtis. He looked back to Curtis. Think of this, if you would. Here I am, the thing that I think of as me. What is that thing? What is it that created this person, this self-aware consciousness that it that inhabits my body. Can I be a mere side effect of the chemical and electrical impulses in my brain? Nothing comes from nothing. 
Something as marvelous as life, as mysterious as... As mysterious as the miracle of your body, of your mind, of your soul and spirit, had to come from something. And that something is Creator God. You say you need proof of the existence of Creator God. Look around you, inside yourself, and you will see all the proof you need. Curtis breathed in and exhaled. I want to believe, but how can I know, really know? There is no way. Professor Rule chuckled. You have always been my boat. You have always been my most difficult student, requiring me to prove every postulate, every premise, unwilling to accept anything on faith. Very well. You require an objective proof? If your very existence is not proof enough for you, then consider this. You and Philip shared a dream, and that dream saved your life. There is no rational, worldly explanation for that. That night of his escape, Curtis's heart warmed at the memory. What a selfless act Philip had done. And what of that messenger who had... (coughs) And what of that mess... And what of the dream messenger who had sent Philip to his aid? I've always resisted the idea of supernatural happenings. I've always said such stories were the superstitious ramblings of weak minds. In this case... I cannot deny reality. It seems like a miracle, but I don't understand it. So you accept this as proof? Proof of what? I can't explain it, but I don't understand it either. I don't know what it means or where it came from. Professor Rule shook his head and sighed. And Watson slipped forward and lapped up the spilled tea.